there's a lot of amazing stuff that happens with ADHD. Uh, just yesterday, I was with a friend and she left for two minutes and she came back and I'm like, oh, I just had a great product idea. And I just described this product, how I would do it. I heard already named it. And she's like, I was gone two minutes. <laughs> you just, like, you came up with this idea, the way to execute it and you even named it. I'm like, well, yeah, that's just doesn't that happen to you too? <laughs> nope. ADHD Rewired episode 284. This is the podcast for those of us with really good intentions and a slightly wandering attention. I'm Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker by training and a coach by design. I'm your host and I have ADHD. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community. We are wired for connection and you are not alone. Go to ADHDrewired.com to learn how you can join us in our free secret Facebook group. Get additional resources for every episode, including links to any resources we mentioned on today's show. You can support us on Patreon, sign up for our email newsletter, you can request podcast postcards to distribute to your clients and support groups, and you can learn all about our intensive online video-based coaching and accountability groups. You can do all of this at our website, ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. Today's episode is a two-parter because I thought you might not really appreciate an episode that was nearly two hours long. Genevieve, today's guest, asked if I would coach her on the podcast. I agreed. And you'll hear that next week on the podcast. But this week... Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. Have you ever thought that you were broken or wondered that... Why you have to fight every day just to get to barely normal? That's what today's guest, Genevieve Sevenay. How did you? How did you? It's close. It's close. It's Genevieve Sevigny, but you can call me Genevieve if you want. <laughs> but uh, today's guest is Genevieve, um, and that's what she used to think when uh, she was recently re-diagnosed with ADHD after burning herself out, going back to school, and working from home. This self-identified quirky 38-year-old industrial engineer is trying to figure out what's next. In her 20s, she was told that people grow out of ADHD, and she believed it. Now she's attempting to figure out what is normal with ADHD and how to stop being so hard on yourself. And Genevieve today is actually coming on the show today with some questions and wants me to give her some coaching right here on the podcast. So um, I'm going to let Genevieve kind of ask the questions. Hi. Uh, but first I should say I'm an industrial designer, not engineer. I'm not that smart. Did I say engineer? Um, I Sometimes I skip words when I read and I didn't realize that I do it. <laughs> That's okay. I don't think I could have went to school that long to be an engineer. Um, but yeah, uh, for the longest time, I just thought I was broken. I couldn't understand why everybody seemed to have such a easy time with simple things. Like I use a lot of example, like uh, doing the dishes. Um, like I have a hard time doing the dishes. Like I can uh, figure out a, a super complex problem in five seconds. I'll find you 10 trillion solutions, but ask me to uh, clean my dishes and I'm like, I'm drawing blanks. <laughs> so the, 
the the reason I called you is because on your podcast, it's really cool. You guys have a lot of tricks. I, I love listening to uh, the group. It's it's really helpful. But as a newly diagnosed, nearly newly diagnosed uh, ADHD, um, I find it hard to just start from the beginning. Like, how do you just stop thinking that you're broken because everybody always just said, Oh, everybody struggles behind the scene. Like you just see the, the front scene. You don't see the backstage. And I'm like, no, I like, I know I don't see the backstage, but they can't be as broken as I am. And so that's where I'm coming from, where I'm like, how I've always been so hard on myself because I was comparing myself to other normies. I like to call them. (laughs) <laughs> and then now how do you, I draw the line where, uh, yes, I'm lazy or am, am I lazy or is it my ADHD? Well, one, one of the things that, and for people who have uh, listened to this podcast for a while know that, uh, I don't, I think first laziness is a big triggering word for, for many of us in the ADHD community <laughs> yes. because, and here's, I think it's really under, important to understand why, for most people with ADHD, when we think of, of lazy or our uh, called lazy, why well, it just pisses us off. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not just this emotional piece. We can, we see there are studies that show group, uh, groups of, of adults who have had a uh, functional MRI scan. So you can see the brain sort of in motion, in action while doing certain things. Right. And they compared these uh, these scans with, we'll use your word, normies. And uh, so when you put normies under a uh, this brain scan to do basic cognitive tasks, not much is lighting up in the brain as it should. I mean, that's how it should work. Right. It shouldn't be that much effort to just do some some very basic cognitive tasks. Right. Put people with ADHD um, in in the same condition, same environment under a fMRI scan, and you're going to see a lot more lighting up. You're also going to see it lighting up in areas that it really shouldn't be lighting up. So if we say that the more lights you see lighting up in, in the ADHD brain, the more effort is actually being created and you yes. compare a normie brain and an ADHD <laughs> brain, right? The ADHD brain is working much harder. So that's why when we're called lazy, it it's like, am I lazy? It doesn't feel like, like I'm, I feel like I'm trying so hard, but I'm not getting anywhere, right? Yeah. Because we are trying so hard, right? So this idea of laziness, I think, is such a misconception. I mean, I think we should reclaim lazy as like sitting on the beach with a margarita. Um, like, and that was actually the goal for the day, right? It wasn't like I was supposed to be doing all this stuff. And I'm like, let me just go to the beach for five minutes. And I spent, spent you know, the whole day there. Um, so, yeah. And, and I think it's, I think it's important to look at what the data really says and what the and also hear people's stories you know there's there's the the um quantitative data the the nerdy brain science that that i like to really get into because i think it helps um helps create meaning out of stuff that's confusing right it helps us see what is otherwise invisible right but i think what make what really gives it a deeper meaning is when we listen to and share stories with other people who also have ADHD 
and we realize yeah. that holy crap not only did that person experience things in such a similar way they talk about it in such a similar way they don't finish their sentences in such a similar way that you know it's <laughs> so i think how, knowing that because there's that intellectual oh i know i'm not alone because i maybe i've read some books or i've listened to some podcasts but really engaging and talking with the adhd community I think that's such an important part of the, the healing process of, of growth. Yeah, I did find that listening to podcasts, but like on your podcast, you often have people from the community on, like just normal people, not just experts. Like mm-hmm. it's just day-to-day people. And it helps to know that I'm not alone in this. Um, also, there's a few YouTubers that are awesome. Um, there's one Canadian dude from totally ADD that I just love because mm-hmm. he's the first one I saw and like, yeah, his, Rick, Rick Green. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. His like uh 22 minute, uh, video where he asked like a hundred questions about like, if you do that and I'm like, Oh, I said yes to all of these. <laughs> it just, it just makes you think like, Oh, I'm, Actually, these are actual things. They're not yeah. just quirks in my personality. I'm not the only one who does these things. And um, it's helped a lot. Uh, and I, I've been also naming things. Like when, when something happens and it affects somebody else, I'll go, oh, that's my ADHD. I'm sorry. And I'm not doing it so much to use an excuse or anything. It's just I'm trying to help myself identify where those the ADHD affects me and so I'm not really doing for them I'm doing it for me so I can uh, have compassion with myself uh, because I used to never have compassion Hmm. and now I can go like oh no that's that's not me Uh, that's the ADHD now I understand now I can talk about it I can say this is how it affects me and try to do better next time. But, uh, and that brings me to one of the things, like I try to talk to my friends about the ADHD and I'm, I'm having a super hard time. Like I tried to say like, cause I, I just graduated from school and that was like a, a, a quite <laughs> an ordeal yeah. because um, as much as, in school, I didn't have much trouble. Like I get very, I can get very excited about a class and I can listen to the class. I'm not that kind of ADHD. I'm not like, I can listen to a class. It's getting home and doing homework. I would tell myself, oh, I have two weeks to do this project. I would put my, my laptop on the table and I would sit in front of the laptop. And then even though I knew exactly what to do, where to start, I would separate into small tasks. I would get overwhelmed or uncomfortable i'd feel like my skin was crawling i'd freak out i'd have a like a mini anxiety Mm. attack and then i'd be like wanting to throw the computer out the window and sit in front of the tv and just make it all go away and then i tried to talk to my friend about it and she's like oh yeah no i understand like look at i have i'm taking a correspondence class and i haven't touched it in three months and i'm like uh, you, no, uh, you're, uh, how do you like, but it's not the same <laughs> like uh, how can you and then I would talk about like not doing my dishes because uh, again my, the perfect example and she's like I struggle every day to do my dishes 
And I'm like, each example I would bring, she would have like, but I do that too, but I would do that too. And I'm like, so where am I now? Like, how do let me ask you this? Have you ever, have you ever asked your friend, like, are there other things that you struggle with that you sometimes think that other people don't struggle with? Oh, that's a good question. Because maybe she has ADHD too. <laughs> no, she she doesn't. Like she really doesn't. <laughs> she she thinks she like, she thinks she struggles, but I actually lived with her, and uh, she just the reason she struggles is because she has a life. She has a kid, and it's not because yeah, it's just time management probably would be an asset for her not <laughs> you know and he, here's one of the 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 things that i think part of why it's not uncommon for people to say well i, I do that too right cuz you could take any of the the challenges that that you have with ADHD and in isolation people can relate with them because these are things that people do struggle with. Like pe- there are people who are forgetful. There are people who sometimes say, say things they shouldn't say. There are people who, um, you know, don't pay attention to all the details because they're the big picture, you know, thinkers, right? So all these, these various components of, of ADHD are part of just the human condition. What makes it ADHD is when you have this a larger cluster of these things going on and it's been going on for as long as you can remember and it's created problems for you for for almost as long as you can remember uh, and it happens in all settings or most settings right yeah so it's like yeah people there are people who struggle being who struggle with being late who probably don't have ADHD there are people who just are hot-headed and say things they shouldn't say you know that foot and mouth disease right or it's yeah. uh right who probably don't have ADHD right it's the it's the combination of of all of these things yeah and i just i've had a hard time trying to explain it without getting into that competition of who has it worse. And I don't want to play the victim and I want to be seen as playing the victim because I think that was, again, part of me being hard on myself. It was like, you're lazy. You're just playing the victim. Uh, Everybody has their own stuff they're dealing with. And and I'm like, I don't want to get in the, the competition of, oh, no, I have it worse. My life is worse. Like, I, I struggle more. Um, but at some point, I just want to be validated. I just yeah. want somebody to say, yeah, you have it worse. <laughs> like, ha- yeah. Have you ever shared that with your friends? That, you know, it's it, that like, how you want her to receive and respond to what you're sharing? Um, I tried. Yeah. yeah. And, what, and what happened? I, well, <laughs> I'm, as most ADHDers, I'm extremely honest and I've, I've become very good at being honest in a way that uh, can be well accepted and being vulnerable. Um, but it still, it still doesn't seem to penetrate. And it might be just that friend. Um, and it might be because I live with her and I did spend a lot of time watching TV on her couch that she might have this idea. Like I was going to depression at that time and that's why I was living with her. And it might be the idea that, uh, in her head, she sees me just 
being in front of the TV all the time. Mm-hmm. So she's just thinking that if I spent less time in front of the TV, I would do much better. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's it just a constant fear of being seen like I'm trying to get sympathy. When What are some other things I'd like you to maybe just uh, brainstorm out loud? Some other yep. uh, ways that you could respond uh, to uh, to your friend or a friend who you're trying to, to share you know, your struggles with and they respond, yeah, I do that too, right? What are some other ways that you could respond to them when they do that? Well, I guess I could ask like, but how often? And what else uh, do you do? And do you lost, lose your, your car keys pretty much every third day? And you do you run in circles in your house because you want to do 17 things at a time and you're trying to prioritize them in your head, but in the meantime, your body is going from one thing to the next. Um, that might be <laughs> the way it Okay. And and let's, and let's say that this person responds with some form of, yeah, maybe not to that extreme, but I do, you know, yeah, I I lose stuff. And sometimes I feel like I'm running around with like a chicken with my head cut off and yeah, you know, we all do these kinds of things. How would you respond? That's, that's where I get lost for words. Like, Tell Tell me how that feels when you hear that. I, I, I feel like that's where I'm like, if I continue talking right now, They'll think that I'm uh, I'm trying to play the like gain sympathy. Like if I continue explaining, that is where I get I get like that, that's <gasps> what you're thinking. Oh, yeah. What's what's that? What's that feeling that you just showed me? That's like being overwhelmed with um, and my mind going blank. Mm. Being overwhelmed with the feeling of not being validated and not having any more words or way to say anything without like coming into that. But, but I'm, but, but I'm struggling, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but I'm, but I, but I see you, you're, you're doing good compared to what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I think that all of us, I think, I think this is very just kind of human nature that we all judge other people's outsides to our insides. Yes. Right. So I'm, I'm wondering, um, what you can say instead of just giving more sort of examples, because it sounds like that's sort of what you're doing. And then that's making you feel like, am I just like trying to, you know, play a victim carp? I don't think that's what you're trying to do, but like, that's a story that's in your head. Right. Like what, what can you, how, what can you communicate to this other person to let them know? One, the goal of what you're trying to share and two, how you're feeling right now about sharing it. Um, I can just say, um, I guess I'm, I'm struggling. Um, I feel unseen in this situation. Mm. Um, I would like your help with it. And I would like you to understand me because you are my friend and I would like you to not judge me and think that I'm not trying my best because I'm really trying my best. Mm, Okay. (laughs) So I think that there is a lot, a lot there. That's really good. 
almost everything that you said potentially could be disputed. So, <laughs> no, and, and this this is going to the nuance of effective communication, though, right? You you yeah. you you said that um, I want you to understand me, right? And yeah. the person could respond, "Oh, I do understand you." <laughs> right, destroy me even more. Right, to- like- <laughs> totally, totally. Right, it's sort of sort of the irony of that that particular sentence. But when you say, "I feel like you don't truly understand me," I feel kind of unseen. Mm-hmm. Right, when you share with me that that you also do this, I feel kind of minimized in my struggles and and this is another important part of this giving people the best of intentions right and i don't think that this is your intention to make me feel this way so i'm wondering if we can talk about this okay i do like that because i don't i really don't think it's her intention and I, and I think that is true in in so many scenarios. I forgot what I was listening to. Uh, it was a podcast or an audiobook um, where someone was talking about, you know, one of the, uh, the there's a big section in every bookstore called self-help, but there is no section about how to help others. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Right. It's like, yeah. so people don't really know like how to give help when someone comes to, to ask for help as, as a friend. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, there's one of the, the lines that I love from, from Brene Brown, uh, is the story that I'm telling myself is. Yes. I've actually used that a few times. Yeah. How, how did that turn uh, out for you? And it is, uh, it is better, uh, when I do that, or I, I say, um, the way I, the way it came across for me was like, so, because sometimes this is like the story I made in my head, just for me, it sounds invalidating just by saying it. Uh, but yeah, I, I've used that and it, it does help start the conversation. Um, I did find that. Um, but for this, it's just where this, this conversation go. Um, sometimes, yeah, I've been at a loss for words, which is rare for me. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I will use what you say, uh, what you just said, uh, to, to try it out because um, it, yeah, it's it's super valid to just go. This is how I feel. Um, uh, I feel like you're not understanding. Um, I feel that you want, because I, I really do think that when she says, I do those things too, she, I think she wants to uh, say, you're not alone in this. She's right. not saying like, you're not struggling. She's just wanting to show me that you're, that I'm not alone, but. Uh, and, I, and I think to responding to uh, th- those, those, uh, um, messages where she, I think, is trying to connect with you with what you just said. Like, I, I, I believe that you're trying to like help me feel better by saying like those things. And, and yeah, and so yes, I believe that you probably also struggle with some of these things. But here's the thing like, with ADHD, this is not like a sometimes thing. Like, this is the shit that happens all the time, all day long. Although sometimes I can do it, but I can't, I have a hard time being consistent about it. And then I feel even more frustrated. Like, like, this is something that, you know, my brain works differently. Yeah. Right. Um, and I just, just saying, I just want to feel 
understood because for so much of my life, I felt like I haven't been understood. Yeah, that's that's a good way to do it. Yeah, most of my life, I just thought I was broken. Uh, and right now I'm like not broken, different uh, is what I'm trying to convey. Because as much as there is a lot of negatives with ADHD and part of me wants to be a normie, there's a lot of amazing stuff that happens with ADHD. Uh, just yesterday, I was with a friend and she left for two minutes and she came back and I'm like, oh, I just had a great product idea. And I just described this product, how I would do it. I heard already named it. And she's like, I was gone two minutes. <laughs> you just, like, you came up with this idea, the way to execute it. And you even named it. I'm like, well, yeah, that's just, doesn't that happen to you too? <laughs> nope. Right. So let's uh, let's uh, take two minutes away right now to take a quick break, and uh, and when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna keep diving into this. So we will be right back. After doing this group, I don't feel like I'm a failure anymore. I've gotten more done in the last 10 weeks than I had done in the previous three or four years. It's so good to feel in a group with people that share the same problems, the same troubles. I just felt stuck uh, as I have so many times in my life. Before this group, I was busy but not efficient. And now I feel like I'm building skills to start to kind of tackle and, and complete projects. Now... I have a plan. I have tools now that actually work for me. I discovered that by slowing down, getting organized, I can create beauty in my life instead of the chaos. Every week has been something that has been mind-blowing and life-changing. It's knowledge. It's self-awareness. And then about halfway through the group, I was like, oh, shit, we can do hard things. I didn't realize that I was in some level of denial about my diagnosis. Before this group, I thought I had to do everything. And I learned that it's really good to offload stuff. It's really good to say no to stuff. Oh, for sure. I'm ADHD. If you guys are my mirrors. I can see myself and all of you. And we're all beautiful works in progress. Can't believe what a community we have to find so many like-minded people who understand the struggle and are on their own journeys to work through it has been so different from anything I've had before. And it's not just neurotypical people being like, why don't you just do this? It's a bunch of people being like, I feel you, I've been there, this is what I found that works. And just having it come from people who feel like it's coming from yourself allows you to find your own answers within yourself that you didn't know you had. Connection and support are everything. There's nothing like having a group of people where it's safe to talk about your struggles, to share the things that are hardest, to not be judged for those things, and to actually be embraced and helped for that. I've been watching this group for a year. It's the best decision I've ever made. If you're thinking about joining this group, do it. It will be life-changing. Grab your calendars because our registration kickoff event is coming. Join us on Zoom Friday, September 6th at 2 p.m. Central. That's in noon Pacific, 1 Eastern. But you can't just RSVP at the website. Registration is by invitation only. You'll need to block out about an hour and 45 minutes to attend this registration event. To learn more and to find out how you can join us this fall for ADHD Rewired's 18th season of coaching and accountability groups. Go to coachingrewired.com and click the big yellow button. Add your name to get invited and don't forget to check your email to confirm you're on the invite list. 
We're only going to be doing two groups again, so space is limited. The invitations will be sent next week. You can anticipate getting your invitation next Tuesday around 10 a.m. Central. Even if you are already on my email list, you have to go to coachingrewired.com to add your name to the registration invite list. Don't let another season pass you by. Click the yellow button at coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com. And we are back. All right, so we're trying to really understand how do we understand ourselves in in our relationship with our ADHD and in relationship to others with this ADHD, right? Yes. And it's a ongoing process. I think it is a it's a, I think it's a process that we will probably work through for our entire lives, right? There's not like read this book and follow these seven steps and uh you're going to find full acceptance and bliss around your ADHD. No, oh, it's I <laughs> You know, it's it's interesting because I there there are certainly moments too, uh, Genevieve, where I'm like, yeah, I I wish that too, right? Because sometimes just like ADHD sometimes sucks, right? Like it's sometimes like I don't know, I did the thing again, like even though I actually made all these extra step efforts to try to like not do that thing that I keep doing, and then I did it again, and it's like that feels really frustrating, you know? Yes. But I also think that, you know, there, there's um, the, the, the debate, the conversation around is ADHD a gift? Like I, I am, I'm not on the, the band that thinks ADHD is a gift. Do I think that there are things that maybe come along with ADHD that um, can be kind of uh, can be cultivated as gifts? I'm a definite maybe on that one. <laughs> I'm going to go with yes, personally, on that one. But I, And I think that if we lived in a different society, sure. it would be a gift. Here, in this society, not at all. It's sort of like it's in, in and of itself, I would say, like the definite maybe. It's the what we do with it where it creates. Like I, for myself, I look at resiliency as a gift that, that I have cultivated. And I think it's because of my ADHD. Because... Yes. <laughs> Shit, I failed that stuff so many times that like if, you know, I've learned how to get back up. I learned how to to say, all right, what can I learn from that mistake that I've now done nine times? Right. And like, okay, I've actually learned it this time and I've trained, you know, it's and then I can share it with others. And so I do think that I have because of who I am and the way my brain works, I have had to learn how I learn. Yep. Right. And not take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that is kind of a gift. It it is a gift. It is a gift to know that to know that you're always going to just get back up. Um, I used to say I I fail a lot. I fail forward. Yeah. Uh, I fall on my my face a lot, and I will enjoy the view from down there for maybe a day, and then <laughs> and then get back up because well, also it the being hard on yourself. Uh, kind of is part of that resilience yeah. where um, because you're like, no, this is not winning. Uh, this is not winning. Uh, it's going to be okay. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is from John Lennon, which is everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Mm. Um, it's just hmm. perfect. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It, it just, and it should be the model for ADHD because 
yeah, we do get back up. And it's, it's most likely because when we were, uh, like, tw- like from uh, eight months to 36 months, uh, we had to get back up way more than yeah. nor- again, normies uh, that we just, we just learned to get back up. And sometimes it's, it's hard and it's frustrating to have to do it, but are you, I, I, are you talking about how uh, um, uh, toddlers learn to walk? Is that well? Learn to walk, learn to talk, learn to yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, we live in a society that uh, usually teaches kids one way and only one way, and yeah. so we've had to uh, redo and redo and redo uh, way more often than other people. So yeah, the resilience is a uh, is something that we've earned. It's like stripes, yeah. Uh, because we've had to to use it so much that in our adult life it becomes uh, like we 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 get to to use that. We get to have that when a, a lot of people uh, don't. They they when they fall, they it's really hard for them. And when we fall, well. This is the million times. Right, I've been here before, done that before, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'll just like next week. I'll I'll try something different, <laughs> and we'll hopefully see that it'll go better, smoother. Um, and now that I know I, that I have ADHD, I I I do fall, but I hurt myself way less uh, on on the fall. Because I go away, like I, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm like, oh, that's not me. That's, that's not me. That's the ADHD. Like, uh, uh, well, how- you, you had, you had said something about that at the very beginning that I wanted to, to circle back to, um, yeah. when you said, it's not me, it's my ADHD. Um, so I guess the way I, I think that I hear that is it's like, I'm, it's like, I'm trying to tell someone like, tr- to, that you don't want them to take this personally because it wasn't something you personally or intended on doing. It's the ADHD's fault per se. Oh no! I, right, and, 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 and I don't mean it that no, way. And, 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 and again, giving you the best of intentions, I don't believe that you mean it this way. When yeah. when I so when when the ADHD wins, um, one of the things that that I will sometimes share is that like I'm. I'm Maybe it's like, I'm sorry, I, I'm late. Like sometimes my ADHD like makes it hard for me to get places on time, but I'm really working on that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's the ADHD makes something hard for me or it trips me up. So I'm really, so I'm still owning it. Right. Yep. Cause, cause I think that that's a really important part of also this conversation that we have with people around our ADHD um because also people don't want because it's not an excuse like ADHD is not an excuse no, no. it's an explanation yeah right and I, and when I say it's on me it's my ADHD I usually don't say that to other people okay All it's right. more like I, I've, I've, I have said that to other people but uh it's usually to me it's just allowing me to have compassion for myself okay Saying like it's not because you're a loser; it's because of the ADHD, and it's the way I found right now. And I'm I'm hoping at some point I will stop using it. But in these first few months, mm-hmm. 
uh, it's really helping to stop being so hard on myself. But I think the other area, too, is really trying to identify the functional impairment, right? Because that's because you're like, if it's the ADHD, it's like, well, what do I do about it? If you if you're saying it's the time management, that's those are skills you can develop. It's the prioritization. Those are skills you can develop. Right. So if you're like if you're just looking at it as trying to address a diagnosis, well, you know, there's there's like 60,000 varieties of this diagnosis of ADHD. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really looking at what are these very specific struggles and really focus it on there. And so you can attribute that struggle to the ADHD, but really making it about what that struggle is. Yes. Uh, And I've been trying to, uh, well, if it's the ADHD, what does that mean? How can I make this not happen again? Like, how can I reduce the anxiety um, or reduce the friction? I I use the word friction a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where I took it from. <laughs> it might be your podcast. It might be, uh, <laughs> I, I just, uh, anything that I want to do, like if I want to go to the gym, uh, reducing the friction would be uh, making sure the gym bag is ready with everything. That's and great. By the door and so there's no friction there like or if i'm taking a bike ride which is a new newest thing for me yes. and i was doing it this week for the first time and i planned the route the day before i checked if i could uh lock my bike at the metro station i like i did all that to make sure that there was not going to be any friction it's good planning the day <laughs> yeah so i i, I tried to when I say, oh, that's the ADHD, uh, I usually, not always, like, <laughs> I usually try to go, well, like, how can I remove as much friction as I possibly can? Mm-hmm. Because friction is really what makes me not want to do it or have an anxiety attack right before uh, doing something. Mm. Like, often when, before my diagnosis, before doing all the work, I would uh, go like, oh yeah, I like everything's planned. But then right before I would leave, I would lose my keys. I would figure out I was late and then I would have an anxiety attack. uh, Well, not a full blown, like heavy breathing, just like, uh, am I going? Am I not going? Whether I'm going to be late, like just the, the, Thought, thought pattern that just goes round and round and in your head. And you start like to convince yourself or tell yourself like, oh, here's a reason why I shouldn't go. Exactly. <laughs> the, like, and then, but it's a fight inside of you, mm-hmm. like your better self against the... Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and for me, I, I start like crying usually mm-hmm. <laughs> where I start crying and then go, uh, I lose all com- compassion. And But exactly, now I really work on I'm trying to reduce friction, but that doesn't mean that it's it's not a daily struggle. We're going to use this point right here to take a quick break and we will be right back. Thank you to our 167 patrons who support us on Patreon. And a special thanks to our newest patrons, Paul L., Leona A., and Sharice C., who are now part of the 167 listeners who support us on Patreon each month. So according to my math, 167 is roughly 0.3% of listeners. Not 3%, 0.3%. 
I'm not sure what it would take to get up to 1%, but I know with your help, we can get there. The more listeners like you who support ADHD Rewired and Patreon, the more executive functions I can hire, which ultimately means I can hire more help. Whether you can give a buck or five or 10 bucks a month, or you want to give $25 a month or more so you can join our monthly action coaching group every fourth Tuesday in the month at 3 p.m. Central. I really am so grateful for all of your support. And of course, if you're not in a position to give right now, that's okay too. You can support ADHD Rewired by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, by sharing this podcast in any of your favorite Facebook groups you're in. You know, if I go into a Facebook group to share an episode, they call that spamming. If you share it, they call that sharing. So if you can think of one online group that you are a part of other than the ADHD Rewired community that you can share this episode with, that support does go a long way to support this podcast. But if you can, become a patron by going to ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. That's ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That's ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. And thanks. Have you been waiting to get accepted to our Facebook community? Have you filled out the application to join us? Have you been wondering when the day will come when you will finally find out that you've been accepted? Well, that day has arrived. This past Thursday, we added 99 people who applied starting back in May, and even a few who may have applied before that. We still have about 50-ish to add, and we'll be adding you shortly. If you weren't added, please check your email and your spam and Facebook Messenger. You may have a message there from us. For the next few weeks, we're going to be doing Facebook live streams in the community to welcome new members. That's our goal anyways, and it's on the calendar and now on the podcast. To join our Facebook community, go to ADHDrewired.com slash community, or just go to the website ADHDrewired.com and click community at the top of the page. Well, it sounds like too, you're recognizing that there are, there are things that you, that you need to do in your environment um, to make just engaging in kind of the day-to-day stuff that you want to do easier um is heavy was um your diagnosis was it inattentive adhd yes when i was a little they they called it lunatic say what (laughs) yeah in front that's the french word for it uh when i was little is it really yeah because it comes from uh lune or lune moon like lunar yeah and it's i think yeah uh, so yeah, I, wait. So how I, is it, wait, 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 so how is inattention referred to as? Because it's it's also probably a French expression where you fall into the moon. If I go verb like uh, translation, okay. it means that you're in your head like your space cadet, pretty uh, much. Okay, like you, you get lost in your thought. Is you tombe dans la lune, which you fall into the moon. Interesting. Interesting. So I think it hmm. all comes from from that. Because you know, I don't uh, know if you've seen the articles that says uh, you know um, people in, in France don't have ADHD. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would that would surprise me. Um, but they might have a better a better. You never know. The, their culture might allow for ADHD to thrive more. 
Um, I only visited France. I've never lived there, so I couldn't tell you for sure. But in Quebec, we have a lot of ADHD. (laughs) And the reason I asked about inattention um, is because of friction. You know, when I'm looking at what are the, when we look at, like, if you can identify the the challenges related to uh, the inattentive presentation of ADHD, the most of the solutions or the supports around it is how do we make things as close to zero steps as possible? Exactly. Right. Yep. When it's impulsivity, which is the issue, how do we make things as close to as a hundred steps as possible? So how do we create <laughs> the barriers to protect ourselves from ourselves? Right. But I do have both. Like yeah. I do, I do have the impulsivity when it comes to online shopping. And then I do have the, uh, the other part. And I, I do believe that I do have the hyperactive, uh, part of it mm-hmm. but it's it's all in my head <laughs> like it's hyperactive well, it, it, yes yes <laughs> I, I like to call it cognitive uh, hyperactivity um but the the most common form of adhd is the combined type um and it's also something that's really interesting too is that the uh, you know you can be diagnosed with say uh, hyperactive impulsive subtype or presentation and, you know, years later, you can actually no longer meet that criteria, but only meet the criteria for the inattentive subtype. So it's actually we know that it's not a stable um, uh, sort of classification system, which is kind of interesting. It is. And also the I found that it's it's also lacking because uh, when I was re, like I, I took some uh, self-diagnostic tests mm-hmm. to see like maybe it is that uh when i i seeked out my re uh diagnosis and um a lot of the questions i'm like well i i don't do this anymore but it's not because i don't struggle with it it's because i found tricks to right. fix it so it doesn't mean that i don't have a problem with it it means that i'm bright enough to have figured out a bunch of tricks you've to, developed that you've scaffolded uh your, your life to, to support where the challenges exactly are. but that doesn't mean that my brain functions normally now like that's what i find very frustrating mm. sometimes uh with some people that i i talk to that i have adhd and they had a hard time uh getting diagnosed and i'm like yeah it's it's not because you found ways around your issues that the issues just magically disappear. You don't really grow out of ADHD. You either have it or don't have it. And if you have it, but it doesn't affect your life anymore, it's because you work really hard at it. Right. (laughs) Right. No, it's, uh, I I often, you know, have these moments where I sort of take a, just a step back to look at my life and, sometimes just like feel exhausted at how hard I, like I, I manage, like it's, it just, you know, I, so much of my life has been built on developing uh, compensatory strategies. And because yep. it's like how I live, I sometimes forget like that I'm using strategies all the freaking time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And I take this moment to sort of like see myself doing me and it's like, man, it's exhausting. It is like just I was talking to my trip, uh, my bicycle trip to the metro station. When when I look at it from like somebody else's point of view, I was trying to avoid anxiousness. So I I did so much work to avoid anxiousness that somebody like I, I must have spent like two hours for to plan this 15 minute 
ride to the metro station. How often have we all done that kind of shit? Or it's just like, (laughs) no, we've spent, like, we'll put so much effort and time doing something that would have, like, been a 10 to 15 minute task. I know. And I like I, I do have an ADHD coach and I even talked to her about it. So I even spent money for <laughs> on a coach to help me deal with anxiety with like because I had anxiety about wearing a bike helmet. And um, yeah, it's, it's just silly. Like I didn't want to look silly, but if I hurt myself without a bike helmet, it'd be silly to be hurt because I didn't want to look silly. So here, here's my uh, here's my public service announcement about bike helmets. Put those brain buckets on your head. And make sure they are secure because I'll tell yes. you what sucks more than ADHD is brain injury, right? Yes. And it's like you want you want to not look cool, <laughs> you know? Get, get yourself a brain injury. That's you know, and because yep. yeah. So um, yeah, when we were kids, like nobody wore helmets. Like, oh, just like the nerdy kids whose like moms made them wear helmets. It's like now that was me. Right. <laughs> you know, it's and now it's like, I can't even imagine being on a bike without a helmet. Exactly. But I haven't biked since I was a, pretty much since I was a kid. And so the the association in my head is my mom making me wear that neon pink helmet that I didn't want to wear. And it was like the cheap one that everybody that wore helmets were the cool Louis Garneau, which is a brand name here that's very popular ones. And I, I had the cheap one. And so, yeah. So for this 15-minute bike ride, that my like any person would have just like maybe 15 minutes in advance would have made sure they had their helmet and their lock. And that would have been it. I spent two hours and coach time Mm. to be able to do it. And, but nobody sees, nobody sees that. (laughs) Nobody. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's just, it's, a lot of strategies that I learned over the time and then a lot of strategies that I'm learning now I'm still working on and um, yeah, reducing friction and was, is one of the ones that I, I find uh, right now is the most helpful. So this was the point of the episode we, where we were going to take our second break. We're actually going to wrap this episode up right now because this turned, this is going to be a two part episode because this whole recording went an hour and 40 minutes. And, um, I know that'd be kind of just silly to ask you guys to listen for all of that. And it's really good. So make sure you stay tuned to, uh, the, the next episode uh, of this. We really dive in deep to, uh, doing some coaching. Make sure to tune in to listen next week where Genevieve requests that I coach her on an issue I think we can all relate to. When we have so many ideas, how to decide which one we should do without abandoning it for the next exciting idea. If you're not currently subscribed to the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your podcast player so you'll automatically get new episodes each week. And if you can't wait to hear part two, I just posted the full unedited video for our patrons who give $5 a month or more. And if you're not already a patron, go to ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. There's no line, you know, waiting then for next week's episode. Until next time. This is Eric Tivers. Thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. 
You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode. You can apply to our free and secret Facebook community. You can learn more about ADHD Rewired's intensive online video-based coaching and accountability groups and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content you won't get anywhere else. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. While you're there, click the Patreon button. If you're a regular listener and you're still listening to my voice, consider making a monthly contribution by becoming a patron through our Patreon page. If you are able to financially support my work, it would mean a lot. This show is free to listeners, but it is not free to produce. And patrons get really cool perks. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tibbers. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash ADHD Rewired. If you're a coach, therapist, or related professional, connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash Eric Tibbers. You can also subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube and you can subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube and see select interviews and some other videos I've posted. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends and your family and your clients, as well as your coaches, therapists, and doctors. And if you're a coach, therapist, doctor, or ADHD support group leader, and you would like a pack of podcast postcards to hand out, you can request those at my website, ADHDrewired.com. And if you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, please be sure to tell them about this podcast. You can even show them how to download it on their phone. You know, you might be the person that turns somebody on to a podcast for the very first time. And if you really love this episode, please consider hitting share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. One of the biggest things that you can do to support this podcast and to help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, or any other podcast app that accepts ratings and reviews. And don't forget to hit subscribe on this podcast on your podcast app so new episodes are automatically pushed to your favorite podcast app. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Not sure where to start? In no particular order. Check out Atomic Habits by James Clear. The Body Keeps Score by Bessel van der Kolk. 10% Happier and Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics. These are both by Dan Harris. Change Your Questions and Change Your Life by Marilee G. Adams. The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden. The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Do you have trouble asking for help? Listen to The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer. It's one of the best produced audiobooks I've ever heard. If you're looking for something a little bit more say, magical, I unexpectedly fell in love with the Harry Potter series. And I don't usually listen to those kinds of books. And I loved it. And of course, if you haven't yet boarded the Brene Brown bus yet, check out Brene Brown's books, starting with The Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, The Power of Vulnerability, and if you're an entrepreneur or a leader in any capacity, check out her 2018 book, Dare to Lead. And Brene still is my most wanted guest. So if you know Brene, you would be so kind to make that connection for me. I will be really, really grateful. You know who else I would like to have on the show? You. Click the podcast tab at ADHDrewired.com. 
and then click the Be a Guest button at the top of that page and schedule a 15-minute pre-interview. This is Eric Tibbers reminding you to keep learning, keep growing, and keep connecting. Self-care is not selfish, and no matter what gets done or doesn't get done, at the end of the day, you are still enough. And no matter how hard it feels, we can do hard things. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next week.